Wir gehen es Ihnen und was ist los? It's deinen Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Listen. And welcome to NVC, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and this week we will be talking about Smash and, I'm sorry, but more Pokemon, Nintendo mobile <laughs> games, and some more. I'm joined this week by Tom Marks. Hello. Brian Altano. Hi, everyone. And Per Schneider. Hello. And before we do get started with our normal run of show, I did want to address some questions 
that have been popping up in the Nintendo Podcast Forum community. And one of these specific questions comes from Sam Schumacher, and he asks, does IGN have any intention of addressing the additional claims made recently about toxic workplace culture at the company? Uh, Pear, could you answer this question for us? Yeah, um, I appreciate our NVC fans asking the question. Uh, I saw the questions. IGN is not just the content we publish, but it's also about the people that create it. So I want to read this. It's usually not my style to read something, but I, I want to make sure I get to everything um, and and uh, not miss anything. So um, obviously there are privacy issues involved, so I can't talk specifics about current or former employees. That, that sort of message has to come from them. Uh, with regards to a statement, my boss, Yael Pro, provided a statement on behalf of our management team. So by the time you're listening to this, you may have already seen it. Um, personally, I try to be an accessible manager and invite people to come to me with grievances, requests for advice and support or feedback. Um, if any employee past or present felt like they couldn't approach me or that I didn't treat their concerns with anything but immediacy and thoughtfulness, I'm, I'm sorry. I strive to make the best decisions to resolve challenges, but I'm never done listening and learning. So we made a lot of changes to IGN a few years back to ensure that we provide a more positive work environment to all of our employees. That included major staff changes. And for example, 360 manager reviews, which allow for anonymous feedback if someone's not comfortable to chat directly with their manager for any reason. I moved out of an office into an open floor space in the office to be more, more personally involved with everyone too. We've got annual training and, um, and sexual harassment training courses for all, not just for new employees. And we're rolling out more manager training. And we're continuing to look at other available resources that make sure our training is as thorough and as responsible as possible. Some things I spotted and tried to fix through coaching or staffing changes. Others I unfortunately wasn't aware of until recently. It's the latter that I'm focusing on so that I can do a better job for our team as a whole in the future. Um, I recently reached out to a few people who were, re who were recounting experiences four years ago on social media that weren't known to me. For example, there was an account about mishandling a news story that went against our editorial policies. And Tina, our EIC, reached out to the parties involved and acknowledged and corrected the past failure in process. I feel really good about the team we have in place now and have been at IGN in the last few years. I know it's not always easy to see the direct change or how it's impacted our culture and our work, but I hope the changes we made and are still making help us continue to evolve as managers and as an organization. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much for addressing that, Pear. I appreciate it. And I do want to say I appreciate our community for holding us accountable and asking these questions and caring. It means a lot. And with that, I want to move on to the show because I know there are a lot of you who look forward to talking and hearing about Nintendo news for the week. So I wanted to get on to some more lighthearted news to maybe take you away from all the other stuff that might be in your life that you're not looking forward to. But, you know, like all of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the whole like the whole world, like the whole everything is on fire. But that's OK, because we get to talk about Min Min coming to smash. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Min Min. Unexpected. Unex very ex unexpected. That and, character. Yeah, the character specifically. I know we knew that um, someone from ARMS was coming. And I know a lot of people may not consider Min Min as the main character of ARMS, but the producer of ARMS actually asked Sakurai to use Min Min. And Sakurai agreed and put Min Min in. If you guys saw the trailer, it was very cute. What do you guys think about that trailer featuring the ramen shop? The animation style was great. Like this is this is an annoying thing about 
Nintendo's been doing recently is they keep doing cutscenes and trailers that have these awesome animation styles that I just want to see cartoon shows like made out of just those animation styles. Like Brian, you'll agree all the Link's Awakening stuff, right? Like, oh my god, yeah, no, you're totally right. I feel like a lot of the the window dressing around um, a lot of their big games could totally live and exist as its own uh, form of media. I mean, yeah. there, there was that rumor a couple years ago about them like partnering with Netflix on stuff. It hasn't still hasn't really come into fruition in any real meaningful capacity at all. Uh, so it would be really super cool to see them start to take a lot of the stuff that ends up in the periphery of these like sort of promotional reveals and even in like you know uh, like cutscenes and stuff like that and just give give us something full fledged to to watch. Like I I love the animation style in that. I'm, I'm not saying we need like a Smash Brothers cartoon, but like we I don't know. I grew up watching Nintendo cartoons and a lot of them weren't great. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> no, right. A lot of them weren't great. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I'm. I, I would. I, I, I would. I would like to see a new generation be able to watch a bunch of really beautiful looking stuff like this. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm happy to exist somewhere in, in these in, in, in places like this. I think the bummer is that a lot of the kind of innovative art styles and the 2D animation is going away. I mean, you following the the news with studio ghibli you know mm. they're producing their first cg movie that's going to come out and so i always love these hyper stylized cutscenes and art styles that we see in nintendo games i do wish they would rip those out and reproduce that externally as well it'd be so cool to see but mm-hmm. you know maybe that's maybe that's the price we pay is that we'll see this in in smash brothers interest sequences or in game if this is not the kind of mainstream animation styles we'll see on television in the future sure but um i was surprised at uh at min min being the chosen character i thought it would be any of the lead characters uh any of the kind of like more visible um uh, fan characters but uh it's it's great i mean she's a she's a fun addition i'm not a huge art arms fan so to me it didn't really matter which character they uh chose but like that whole kind of dull seam long arms thing should be really fun to play with I, I could have sworn that they were going to go a baby Bowser direction with it. Like, that was my theory, was that they were going to go, you know, every skin or every other skin is a different character and then just do pretty much... Same attacks. Lots of them. Yeah, and just same attacks, same abilities. But, yeah, th- I'm not mad about Min Min, especially hearing the story that Sakurai was already thinking about Min Min or what was it, Nin- Ninjaru? It was a, he was thinking about Ninjara. And yeah, Ninjara. Producer- asked him to put a min min so he put a min min and then made min- ninjara in me costume instead yeah and which is like it's cool like i'm 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 never because all the characters are in arms are so would be so mechanically similar i'm never gonna complain when they're like yeah the creator of the game wanted us to use this one so we did it's a cool character design like i'm 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 all for it and the ability like the move set looks really weird and unique like we've never had a fighter in this game that can punch in both directions out at the same time so they're doing weird stuff with it which is honestly more important to me than whatever the skin looks like pretty much yeah i was actually kind of hoping for twintel because this this is a game uh and a franchise specifically that's kind of had a long history of of criticism of not having enough people of color enough black characters specifically um it's like it's it's frankly like a completely unrepresented department um that said it is up to the creators to decide which which characters they do want to fit there and you know mimin's an awesome character i do i do wish there was like a little bit more attention to um that issue specifically 
because uh, we are now heading towards the well, what we always imagined to be the last few Smash Brothers characters until Sakurai once again goes. You know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a timeless vampire. I can stay up for another couple of years and knock out a couple more characters. Um, and it's also like it's cool to see them add certain things to uh, the sort of me fighters. Although I kind of feel like that's the sort of the kids table of Smash Brothers. Like they're yeah. eating with everybody else, but once you get there, you're on that island forever, and you don't really get to leave, uh, well, with rare that, exception. That was a funny little thing that they also said they're doing, which is if you own the Me Fighter costumes for certain characters that already have spirit fights, the spirit fight will change so that instead of fighting like a character that like vaguely looks like Cuphead, you'll be fighting a Me Fighter who looks like Cuphead. Oh, which that's is really cool. that's like a really nice touch that is is really indicative of something I think they did all throughout Smash Ultimate, which is just, like, little extra things where they really didn't need them, but, like, it's just kind of cool. Like, also Volt Boy coming in. It's, like, just so weird and cool. Yeah, that's... it's it's It continues to be this just, like, gigantic celebration of all things video games, and I think that there is a kid's table at that celebration, but I'm glad it's a table to begin with. <laughs> One of the interesting things about Min Min coming to Smash as well is that I believe Min Min was already a spirit. And I think they've previously said that if a character is a spirit, it will not become a playable character. But now Min Min has proven that wrong. So now... What does that mean for Waluigi, Casey? It means, I don't know, he'll maybe... Be, he'll be the last character announced. Well, Waluigi is a trophy. Not a trophy, but a, yeah, the... I don't remember what the item is called, but there's an item that you use and it summons characters. And Waluigi is one of those. So I don't know if that discounts that as well. I'm just speculating at this point. Uh, Waluigi confirmed. There we go. No speculation. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I honestly, think, I honestly think, Casey, whatever the rules are, you know, if Sakura decides to break them, he'll just break them, right? <laughs> if if he felt uh, an, assist isn't a, uh, an assist isn't something that keeps him from trophy. adding a character, there he's we go. just going to do it. And yeah. I don't... if. I implore you all to watch the actual direct where he presented Min Min because he does the whole thing from inside his house and talks about how he has two TVs so that when his friends come over, they have their own TV to play games on. And I think that's delightful. And I do the same thing. So I'm with you there, Sakurai. Um, <laughs> but it was a cool it was a cool presentation. And we haven't been able to play as Min Min yet. She's not available until the 29th, which is next Monday. But uh, from what we know so far is that she excels at long-range attacks and will do well against heavy characters, but maybe not so well against light characters that spend a lot of time in the air. And something that Tom mentioned is that we we are also getting the new Meat Fighter costumes, including Vault Boy from Fallout, and then um, Callie and Marie from Splatoon, and Jara from ARMS as well. And in the same presentation, they announced new Smash Amiibo, including Joker just coming sometime this year. So we will we will be getting Amiibo and Hero from Dragon Quest Eleven. So we will be getting more Amiibo for every DLC fighter. Are you yeah. sure to slow down? I know you guys don't care, but... <laughs> no, I, the Joker one looks great. It does look really the good. The Joker one looks super good. The Joker one is such a good example of, like, when they could have... Like they they've gone back and forth with this. They've gotten better on it on the whole, yeah. added on the whole, but those little supports, like... Sometimes it'll just be an ugly little clear plastic rod, and other times it'll be like a cool thing. And this one is so cool. It's like the flames holding them up. It's awesome. I'm totally into it. Yeah, I'm loving this it. Is, this is the first Amiibo I've wanted to buy in a long time. 
it does look really great. And I also wanted to ask, are you guys still playing Smash? Do you play again whenever new characters come out? Or are you just kind of, is it a party my, game? My kids beat the crap out of me every time a new character comes <laughs> out. So yes, but I, I, haven't, I haven't touched it in ages, I gotta say. I play, I play when this hasn't happened in a long time, but I, I play when a, a, a friend or two basically comes over and like that's a game we'll play when when we're hanging out but otherwise does that happen a lot no not anymore friends come over not anymore but um you know at the time in a in a brighter past (laughs) i like the idea of somebody standing outside of your window with like a mask on and holding it their own controller (laughs) it's doable it is it is totally doable but um, no, honestly, same. I usually don't boot up Smash unless a new character is coming out, and then I like might mess around with it for a day or two. But otherwise, I only play Smash when there's a gathering of people. Which, but that's inevitable, right? Like Smash is always a game that we pull out whenever there's more than like two of us, and we will play every time. So I don't think Smash is going to go away just because it's pro- it's a prolific multiplayer game that everyone likes. Yeah. And, and Casey, I'll say too, you uh, you touched on this very, very briefly, but the amount of sort of like uh, detailed zoom-ins people did on Sakurai's uh, apartment or home or, or was amazing. Like they actually found the exact couch. couch. <laughs> yeah. And like they pulled up the price tag on it and they're like, it's such a nice couch. They they zoomed in on his entertainment center. Oh. That, like that entire section of consoles down there are all the micro versions of consoles released over the years. I thought they were like oh. actual scale, but it's... It's the NES Classic, SNES, the the Genesis with the with everything plugged into it and everything like that. So yeah, it's it's super cool to see. That's honestly like uh, one of the silver linings of this entire pandemic has been uh, getting a slightly more personal look at uh, people's homes and home offices and and game rooms and stuff like that. And it's Nintendo historically has been like a bunch of us have toured their offices like. They're pretty corporate and pretty buttoned up. They don't really, there's not a ton of like crazy wall art anywhere. So to get a look at like one of, I would say the most legendary video game designers ever sort of like living room is been, it was really cool. I, I, I definitely want to see more of that. And I hope that like, I don't know what Nintendo's weird summary E3 shape plans are going to be when they ever do a direct or anything like that again. Um, but I hope, I hope we get to see more stuff like that. That'd be really awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it was it was really neat. And I'm going to go check out that couch because it looked like a reclining couch. And I highly mm-hmm. recommend this. <laughs> but um, oh. yeah, that's about all we have to talk about Min Min. I'm sure we'll talk about her again once we've been able to play her next week. So let's move on to the next topic. Nintendo is reportedly stepping away from mobile games. Um, this is a big, interesting topic considering all of Nintendo's past efforts in mobile gaming. But at Bloomberg's reports... Yeah, I don't even know. Bloomberg reports that Nintendo has been underwhelmed by its financial performance on mobile. And after the huge success of Animal Crossing, Nintendo will fully concentrate on developing games for the Switch. Analyst, analyst Sir Kentoto told Bloomberg that since the release of Mario Kart Tour in fall 2019, Nintendo's mobile pipeline is empty. The analyst added that the huge success of Switch has reduced the need and the pressure to create mobile game successes company. So I wanted to know, like, first gut reactions from you. First um, reaction is, yeah, I, I don't think they're done completely. Uh, you know, right? Yeah, the, this is cyclical, obviously. Brian, but go ahead. No, I was gonna. You're, you're totally right. I think it's, I think it's like a cyclical business, and I think in like in the same way we thought we were done with motion controls and stuff like that, they mm-hmm. always sort of come back. And um, I, I, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I encourage Nintendo to ex- experiment with stuff like that because I think there's a lot of times with a lot of things in the video game industry where you think you've gone through it all. I mean, VR died four or five times and even Nintendo, you know, dipped a toe into it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it'll return. I think you're right. I think what's important to note about the mobile business is that, you know, for every company that you hear about that has a success with a Candy Crush or Clash of Clans or something like that, they've released multiple games. Not not everybody has a perfect track record. Some games that have floundered, then they worked on those games and adjusted the monetization models to make them successes over time. But there's nobody who's just a hit factory and keeps on repeating hit after hit. And so when you look at Nintendo's lineup of titles, they did really well with you know, obviously Animal Crossing, they did well temporarily with with Fire Emblem as well. And then they played with different monetization models that didn't work in the mobile space, like Super Mario Run. And so I almost feel like they've got like their test course of these different games. And then the Switch blew up. And we've got Mm -hmm. over 50 million Switch units sold since the launch, what, like two and a half years ago or whatnot. Um, And like, I don't think they were expecting that. I think they caved to shareholder pressure to start their mobile business. It's something that Iwata always disagreed with, if you recall the comments from him. He doesn't like the idea of devaluing play experiences and making them cheaper. Um, and so now the Switch is a success, a success, and so obviously it's not as important that they keep on churning these out. I, I, yeah. The money is too good for Pocket Camp. I can't imagine they're not going to do more. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing that this report, this Bloomberg report, like really kind of put, it put the conversation into a context I hadn't really thought about it in, which is the context of the Wii U. Like, I don't know why I had never really drawn those lines together, but the idea that Nintendo was a company who really, really, really didn't want to go into mobile for X, Y, and Z reasons, but then the Wii U did so badly that they kind of didn't have a choice in terms of like, making money and appeasing in uh, shareholders and now that they have a console that's a huge uproarious hit again they no longer need this they no longer have this pressure of like well we gotta do this right now and so they're going back to their default stance which was well if we don't have to do this we don't really want to and like i'd never really thought of that through line before but it makes a lot of sense and it kind of makes me happy to hear that probably this is just like sort of what they wanted to do as a company the whole time like i don't know yeah yeah and it's it's also it's such a cutthroat and competitive space that i think that like if you don't make something that is a like ridiculously constant cash cow um investors kind of look upon it like it's a, a you know it wasn't a great investment um like if i look at their mobile efforts I, frankly i would say a lot of them are like kind of like paltry versions of the console games that you would uh, hope to get and i think in, in some ways they almost did devalue some of the ips like I'm I'm a huge Mario Kart Dr. Mario fan and I think those efforts were like pretty lackluster like considering the fact that they looked great and the like the, there's the polish is there in gameplay I think it sort of missed the cadence of what those games uh on consoles uh I I've come to expect and I look at something like Super Mario Run which to me was the most feature complete um it was polished it- it had parity with the console versions. I adored it. I 100%ed it. Um, but it's it's bad business because it was 10 bucks and you could never give it more money. And investors probably look at that like, that's terrible. And me as like a hardcore old school Nintendo fan, I was like, yeah, more like that. Like how much could that have possibly cost? You used assets from the new Super Mario franchise and you made a one button touch game with a bunch of short sort of like succinct levels. 
uh, and a couple collectibles. Like that's perfect for me. I like I played so much of that game, and it sucks that that was seen as the sort of failure. And the ones that had a lot more kind of like gotcha mechanics went on to become the mo- the most lucrative. And the response to that was to make Doctor Mario and Animal and, and Mario Kart and Animal Crossing, which were kind of like half-assed versions of the other ones. And Super Mario Run was also a good example of like. Yeah, it was like you said, it was not financially like appealing to investors and that sort of thing. But like Apple Arcade just proved that that's that like that type of game where you a mobile game that is really detailed and nice and maybe not crazy long even and you don't have to put any money into it is an appealing thing that players want right like it not necessarily good for investors but like super mario Run wasn't a failure to the people who bought that spent ten dollars and played it that game was mm-hmm. fun to the people who spent ten dollars and played it yeah on top of that oh were you gonna say casey yeah, I just wanted to say, um, going back to Tom's point about the the Wii U forcing them to kind of invest, and I I also wanted to bring up that I thought that their games like Dragalia Lost and Fire Emblem Heroes were doing very well. So when I heard that it wasn't doing well enough, I was very surprised. But um, I looked at some sensor tower data that um, Pear shared with us in our group chat, and where all of the other mobile games have been absolutely killing it since people have been forced to stay at home and do nothing but play video games nintendo's mobile games have not have been going down in their revenue gain which was extremely surprising to me and which makes sense to have them it's a it's a piece of information that makes sense for them to then make their decision on base their decision on that but the the fact of the matter is you know the Games industry is expected to grow next year. I forgot what the number was. I think we're going to hit 160 billion or something uh, worldwide. But the biggest growth factor is going to be in mobile and in China specifically. So I I understand that they don't have anything in the pipeline, but I bet they're looking at the Chinese market and mobile games as that being the right point to win there rather than you know the the, the Switch and any of the kind of full price model games. Yeah. I could have sworn that, and maybe I'm crazy, but didn't we at some point hear that they were, were potentially working on a Zelda mobile game? Was that was that like just a line in an investor meeting at some point? Like I swear, I remember us talking about that. Unless it was one of those things that we sort of like theorized until my brain wished it into existence. <laughs> but <laughs> like I, I, I could have sworn. I mean, I heard Genshin Impact, the Zelda like, was also coming to mobile. Okay. Yeah. somehow i don't yeah, think that's, that's what brian was thinking no, of. Probably, no. Not. It probably, <laughs> probably wasn't but i also wanted to ask um i don't i don't know why nintendo doesn't just bring back old titles to the phone like the original pokemon games or the original zelda games i mean other other companies have been bringing back games like the world ends with you and monster hunter so they can do that why not I th- I think that, that would run well on phones. The short answer to that is that they can make ten dollars doing that on a phone, <laughs> and they make it, they can make three hundred and sixty dollars doing that on a switch. Like, I think they've they've gone on the record to say that in the past, and obviously opinions change over time. So whatever they said five years ago doesn't have to apply. But they, I think Nintendo is very very nervous about the notion that anyone says. Oh, I never have to buy this because I'll eventually get all of Nintendo's classics, right? And Nintendo wants to make sure that 
you don't use emulation. You don't, you know, play stuff on mobile. You don't play knockoffs to get the real thing. You need the Nintendo Switch. You get your Mario Brothers and Link to the Past and all of that on that machine. So I think that's just more of an ideological decision they, because they could charge like Squares charges a lot for their classics on mobile and yeah. they have had successes with it. So they could take that model. I think they just don't want to. I, I think I know at least one person in this panel right now who would buy the games twice on both their Switch and mobile, but I guess not everyone is is like that person. But, <laughs> but um, so yeah, I guess I kind of understand, but I mean, that's what I wanted as a Nintendo fan. I just want the classic Nintendo games on my phone, but then I guess I wouldn't have a reason to bring my Switch everywhere. So I guess I understand. And to finish off this topic, uh, this is a question block question moved up from Alex Simmons. And they asked, could Nintendo be making a mistake stepping away from mobile games? The success of the Switch is grand and all, but it comes after the flop of the Wii U, which came after its successful Wii, which came after the flop of the GameCube. Nintendo right. seems to be in a cycle of boom and bust. A revenue stream from mobile could smooth out the cycle. No, especially now that they've consolidated their handheld and, and uh, console lines into one unit. Uh, I, I think that uh, Alex is completely correct. I mean, Nintendo and every company really um, is only as strong as their their last hit. And uh, you guys were totally right in that, like they they pivoted to mobile because the Wii U wasn't doing well, and then the you know the 3DS was 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 fairly strong, and then the Switch came out and changed everything. Um, but we are launching, you know, new consoles are launching this year, and. Uh, we're, we're seeing a boom with the switch right now, obviously, especially with people sheltering in place, but eventually the interest on that system is going to wane as it does with everything. And then people want to know what's next and a good sort of bridge between, uh, this generation and whatever, I don't even know they're in a different generation than anyone. They're gen eight. The switch is the same generation technically as Wii U. That's the the thought. Because okay. it's a merger what? of handhelds and stuff, so the Switch Two will be Gen Nine with the Series X and the PS Five. What do you mean the thought? No. According to who? <laughs> According to the people. Who no. are the people? So yeah. I uh, okay, it's funny. <laughs> I did a lot of uh, I did a little I did a lot of research on uh, on the gaming generations. Um, that's why there there's a in the background you see uh, Nintendo's very first uh, game console behind me. Um, uh, no, it is Switch it just kind of like defies categorization. And so it got stuck in the same generation as the Wii U because the kind of like the, this is the handheld that fits into this generation. And now it's going to be the only machine going forward. And so people think that next year's, who knows, Switch 2 will be a more powerful machine and signal the step into Whatever, whatever the future of Generation to, Nine is. To me, you can disagree with it. Like that sounds like <laughs> Nintendo being like, nobody, nobody talk about the Wii U. Let's move on. Let's just port all the good games, and we'll pretend that didn't happen. This is still Gen. Yeah. Nobody worry about it. But yeah. what, what I'll say to Alex uh, is the thing you're not considering here in this question, Alex, is this idea of boom and bust and boom and bust. They don't got to worry about that for four years. That's Nintendo's problem four years from now. They're on cloud nine. They don't have to worry about building a mobile audience right now. Look, yeah. just, just think about it in a half decade. Don't worry about it. Everything's That's okay. For Nintendo's problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Four, I, joke, I, by the way. Yeah, I agree. I, no. 
no I, it, it is but it's i mean they'll also i think it'll i think the switch will still continue to get support in four years i think yeah. where um when we were a year into the switch's life cycle and they were still announcing games for the 3ds and we were like kindly please stop doing that like i understand why you're doing that but like it was specifically when Link's awakening got revealed like there's a video we posted uh where i i'm like freaking out at it and i i, I start tearing up and at the end i'm like thank god it's not coming to 3ds I have a feeling we're we're a few years away from saying the same thing about Switch um, when the new thing is is out and about. Because like right now, I, I I've said this a lot. I don't think it's an issue, um, but I do think that in a couple years, when there are next gen games that are just completely incapable of running on Switch, like right now, a lot of there's a lot of games that are like kind of limping to the finish line on, yeah. on on Switch, and it's it's working. You know, like you can hear the smoke and feel or feel the heat coming out of the 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 vents on the Nintendo Switch running certain games. But I think in a couple of years, it's there's there's going to be too wide of a divide, and they're going to have to do something. And I guess then they can pretend that they're in a different generation. But I think that personally, like the way Tom said it, it's sort of like the 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 Wii U is Nintendo fell, and a couple people saw it, and one of them was like, "I'm going to pretend yeah. I didn't see that." <laughs> now I know we could probably talk about Nintendo and mobile games and their strategies for a lot longer but we do have some other news to talk about so let's move on to more news including more news about another mobile game oh wait i just said we were done we're not i'm kidding um but uh pokemon unite was just announced in the pokemon presents this morning which is wednesday but if you're watching this it's thursday so it was yesterday you get it you get the drill you've heard this before but this game came to a complete surprise to me i thought they're going to announce another let's go or another I don't know, big Pokemon project. And I guess this is a big Pokemon project, but this is basically a MOBA. This is a Pokemon themed MOBA and MOBA as in like League of Legends, Smite, those kind of multiplayer arena battles where it's five on five and you have lanes and a jungle. And the way that this plays out is it does definitely looks a lot different from how like League and Smite and Dota play. But the general, the general ta- tactics seem to be the same. Like you I don't even, I can go into detail. I'm not, you should watch it if you're interested, but it's a Pokemon MOBA. Tom, what do you think? <laughs> if you told me five <laughs> years ago that the Pokemon company would be making a Pokemon MOBA, I'd be like, that's weird. They're a little late on that trend. And then if you told me it was coming in 2020, I would like be on the floor laughing. I think to be fair, and this is, this is, I'm going to give it full credit. Pokemon Unite looks pretty fun. Like, I think it looks like yeah. a cool, it's a really nicely detailed, really nice animations. It looks like a very cool mobile Pokemon kind of take on a MOBA. Um, it's from Tencent's team that worked on Arena of Valor, which is a really good mobile MOBA. Like, they know how to make those games. I think in all likelihood, this game, Pokemon Unite, is going to be a fun game. It's just like the least expected thing I could possibly think of. Like I Pokemon smile and Pokemon sleep are more like are less crazy to me than them making a Pokemon MOBA in 2020. That's, that's how kind of out of left field. I feel like this is, you know, I agree with that. And I, I also just, I'm kind of disappointed that it's also, so I said, it's a mobile game. It's also coming to Nintendo switch. I am disappointed that it is coming to both because that generally says it will be less, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. Detailed? 
good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. Arena, not- Arena of Valor was on Switch and mobile. Um, Pokemon, the Cafe Mix just came out on Switch and mobile. I think that Kirby mm-hmm. game was on Switch and mobile. Pokemon Quest as well. Pokemon I guess I, I guess I'm expecting more mobile game tropes because it is right. also going to be on mobile and i don't always appreciate those yeah I, I think no i think that's a really smart viewpoint casey it's there is definitely something different when a game is designed for the hardware specifically like i, I mean play the last of us on playstation right now and it just doesn't look like most other games on that uh, on on consoles like because somebody really knew the hardware and programmed for it specifically down to how you play guitar on the playstation controller's touchpad right like that sort of stuff is just so cool and when a game is developed for a mobile platform and the switch you get into this weird thing between touchscreen or not and we don't always play touchscreen with the switch when it's docked you don't like i do think concessions are made but we talked we talked briefly about China. Tencent is, you know, a juggernaut in, in China specifically. And I feel like the switch version is for us over here and the mobile version is for that market. Yeah. That yeah. does make sense. I hope they make it different enough to make it make a better version for the Switch. But I, I do agree mm. with Tom. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to play it. I also checked out Cafe Mix, but I guess we'll talk about that later which is another free-to-play pokemon game that's coming to switch and the and mobile um but yeah that's pokemon unite a lot of people are super disappointed that it wasn't let's go johto or another mainline game or the pokemon diamond and pearl remakes but i i do think we pokemon put a little bit <laughs> yeah we got snap i think pokemon put a little bit too much hype because the way that they yeah. presented it made me feel like oh here's snap but wait there's something even better coming next week uh, and that's how it- i think a lot of people took that yeah, I think I think the Pokemon company has to own a little bit of the disappointment around this because like they they could have messaged this a little bit differently. I think I think they stepped on a little bit of a rake there. Not a huge one, but like I totally understand why people are disappointed generally. Yeah, I mean there's uh, like Pokemon Go had like what like a, a literal billion concurrent players at one point. Just it, it's one of the most immensely popular things in the world. And so I think they probably looked at today by saying, okay, this is this is a this is a game for people who already are associating Pokemon with mobile, um, and I think they uh, kind of underestimated that that is historically like a handheld and occasionally uh, uh, console franchise, and that there's a lot of people that were looking for something significant there, and what they got was this. Well, what to, to Pear's point about like not to keep banging the China drum, but Arena of Valor is the most popular video game in the world period that is not like there's literally no qualifiers on that arena of valor is the most popular video game in the world so to say we're making a mobile pokemon game like arena of valor is and that's that that our audience is largely in china and so like I I 100% would not be surprised if this game is almost never talked about in the west and massively popular on a worldwide scale yeah, and you know, talking about mobile game companies' track record, right? This is the company that made COD Mobile too. So, this is not a small, this is not an indie effort or kind of farmed out to a team that doesn't know what it's doing on that platform. Yeah, so that was Pokemon Unite coming to Switch in mobile. It is a MOBA. Ha, that's fun to say. I don't know. I like to say MOBA. 
But I want to very quickly go through these other news stories, including Apex Legends is coming to Switch this fall. It has full cross-play support is included, and EA also announced that seven of its games will be coming to Switch this year as well. Hooray! So, I don't know how that's going to work, but I mean, Fortnite works, but Apex Legends looks better than Fortnite. So Yeah, we'll see. This also disproves my theory of, uh, that I think this will be the first Source game coming to Switch, potentially. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it at least kind of like gets in the way of me being like, maybe the source engine just doesn't work on switch. So there you go. <laughs> um, we also have, so if Good you to are see EA support, yes, we do have some EA yeah. support, which is, so at least there's that some EA support. Yep. A little bit. Um, we also wanted to mention that Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 has been announced, and this is a, a sequel to Bloodstained's 8-bit spinoff bonus game. Uh, it's coming soon to Switch. Igarashi is returning as a producer, and it features multiple playable characters. And um, it, there's a corgi who pulverizes demons by controlling a colossal suit of magic armor. So, I mean, if that doesn't sell you on it, there you go. Moving on. Because of the expression. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, real quick, I was going to say, I actually, uh, I liked, I liked that first of Bloodstain better than the other one. <gasps> Wait, really? I don't. I don't think that's like an entirely uncommon opinion. Really? Like, I, I, I'm not saying that like it's the commonly held one, but like, I don't think you're like going to get grilled for having <laughs> thinking that or anything. I'll, I, I can, I can handle it if it happens. Somebody, which I'm not suggesting you do this, kids, but somebody should just break into the uh, Konami vault and steal the deed for the copyright ownership for and trademark ownership for Castlevania and just give it to I him. Know. That's how so it works, then he right? doesn't have to then he doesn't have to like kind of pussyfoot around making it look too much not not that he did, but you know yeah. in the meantime grab, grab I, I say, you're oh. solid while you're in there too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um yeah and, and maybe put Contra in, in some different hands. Uh I <laughs> I always, I, I've said this a lot. I'll say it again. It just drag and drop the three Game Boy Advance Castlevania games on a Switch. That's all you have to do. We will. Yeah. Be, you can <laughs> if you don't make another Castlevania game for twelve years after that, I'll suffer through it. Just bring those games back in playable form legally on a modern platform. I agree. And this is so last, good. Yes. And lastly, Nintendo Switch production is returning to normal. Nintendo Life reported that a Nintendo spokesperson told Japanese outlet Career Connection that the production of new Switch consoles is almost back to 100% capacity. Uh, there's no concrete answer on when store stock will be able to meet demand, but it's coming. So if you don't have to switch, look out for a Switch soon. And that is, there's a, a few more news stories, but they're small. So go to IGN.com for those news stories if you want them. But let's move on to games out this week, including SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. What a name. Uh, it's out now. It's $29.99. And our reviewer, Jonathan Dornbush, gave it a 5 out of 10 for Mediocre. I know a lot of you are extremely disappointed about this. I know GameSpot gave it a 2. And I know some other outlets gave it between six and seven so yep yep it's uh it was from what i read it was a little bit too faithful to the original in that it didn't fix any of the original's problems so it's not only dated but it didn't get any you know airbrushing done to make it better that's tough i think that casey that's ultimately where you know reviews can be helpful in helping you make a decision whether a game you've never heard of is good and put it on your radar but like if you were a fan of the original SpongeBob game and you wanted to relive that memory, mm -hmm. you kind of, you don't want too many changes either. Right. And so 
the game may not be that great, but if you enjoyed it as a kid or, you know, young, younger version of yourself in the past, uh, you, you, you kind of want to relive it. And so some people might might really like it. I, I played it way back when. I was never that much into it. I'm not a big SpongeBob guy either, though. There's a, a very significant reverse Last of Us 2 thing happening on the user reviews on Metacritic on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's um, they're, Yeah, they're, they're getting bombed in uh, quite different diagonals. So that's that's sort of fascinating to see. Um, Ten bombs? Yeah. It's wow. <laughs> I, I don't even know if you, if you would call it that, actually. A ten bomb. Yeah. But I actually think, will we see this with, like, Pokemon Snap as well? You know, I know Pokemon Snap, it's not a, a remake, but Pokemon Snap is a very simple game. If you mm-hmm. go back to the original and play it, it is kind of a relic of a bygone era of these kind of, like, on-rails games where you're looking around and... Some people are not going to be into that if that's exactly what it's like. But if you have this nostalgic feeling for that experience and it was the first time you experienced something like that, you're going to like it. Some some person on Twitter uh, replied to my tweet about Pokemon Snap was like, oh, I hope she doesn't review it. And I very much want it. I'll respond here. No matter what I give it, people are going to be mad at me. So it doesn't (laughs) matter. So and I also don't know if I'm reviewing it, but that's what would happen. It's going to be too high or too low. Nothing I can do right. So look forward to my wrong review on Pokemon <laughs> Snap. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Casey. No, it's okay. <laughs> but um, Tom, do it. <laughs> oh, don't don't tempt me. I will. <laughs> you, did you did you like Pokemon Snap? Oh yeah, I talked about this on the show last week. But like, yeah, I I'm very much looking forward to that. And I think you're right. They're gonna have to modernize some stuff. But like, I'm I'm looking forward to whatever it ends up being. Yeah, I, I found it very relaxing when I was a kid. And like, I thought it was fun. I forget who reviewed the original. I, I thought it was kind of like a seven game it, when I yeah. played it originally, but I liked it. Yeah, it was good. A seven is good. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. that's pretty fair. Um, I think ten year old me would have given it at a, a ten out of ten, but you know, I'm no longer a ten year old girl. So let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> there's another game out right now called Ninjala, and that was available for free beta. It's kind of a, a multiplayer. I don't want to call it a Splatoon-like. It just kind of reminds me of it. But I remember when they, I played three. Yeah, go ahead. They oh. invite those comparisons, though, in mm-hmm. the art style and the the branding and everything. So I think it's fair enough to say it's it's going for what made Splatoon appealing without being like disrespectful to either. And I, I go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Casey. I didn't want to talk over you. Oh, um, I was just going to say I played it at E3 when they were presenting it back then. It's made by Gung Ho. And I had a lot of fun playing that demo. And I'm sure a lot has been improved upon even since then. So that's what that's exactly what I was going to say. I played it at at E3 as well. They had this giant display for it and it came kind of came out of nowhere. And, and what was more surprising was that it wasn't done and ready to be shipped. They actually worked on it for a very, very long time. It looks a lot like Splatoon, but I would say it plays very, very differently. Like yes. the gameplay elements, it's just the the kind of hypercharged bubblegum colors and all of that that remind uh, people of Splatoon. Um, it, it had promise, but you know, with any with any online and, and multiplayer game, you just got to keep playing to see if it if it lasts. I just got kind of bummed out because I realized uh, that in, in like a normal year this week, we'd probably be talking about all the awesome stuff we played. At E3 last week, yeah. <laughs> or this this month at least. Um, yeah, I really do hope that we get more demos on the on the eShop of whatever they're they're planning for. 
Yeah. Merp, merp. Well, there is another Sorry game bring it <laughs> no, okay brian there's another game coming out this week called blair witch and it's out on the 25th for 29.99 it was inspired by the cinematic lore of blair witch story-driven psychological horror game uh it was reviewed on pc last week last week no last year and ign gave it an 8.8 this is a game i played for our series called how scary is it where we play horror games in vr mm-hmm. but um for a lot of the game you have a very good German Shepherd puppy. He's not a puppy. He's a he's a full full grown dog. I shouldn't disrespect him like that, but it makes you feel really comfortable until the game rips your friend away from you. I don't know why. I just he just wasn't there anymore, and then I became very scared because I no longer had a dog to to protect. Yeah, but. I fin- I finished this game on Xbox Game Pass because um, I'm a huge horror fan, and it's uh I. I wasn't crazy about it. I think that it um, it did a really excellent job of uh, sort of replicating the delirium uh, on display in Blair Witch uh, in terms of being lost in the woods. And uh, I don't really know if that's something that makes for a fun game. <laughs> like <laughs> running around in circles and getting lost in a movie is sort of interesting because you get to watch it through the perspective of someone who's horrified. But when you're doing it yourself in the video game, you have to keep reminding, asking your dog for clues. When your dog leaves uh, it gets it gets it does get a little bit uh cumbersome um there's also like a lot of really weirdly needless backstory in this with like flashbacks that take place outside of the woods uh sort of padding out uh specific characters um so yeah it's it's a it's a very odd game i'm i'm glad it's on switch because i want to see more games like this on switch but i wasn't totally in love with this one specifically We'll have to talk about horror movies after this. I didn't know you're a big horror fan. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but now those are all the games that we thought were worth mentioning that are out this week. But now Good. let's move on. Oh, yes, Tom. Could I shout out one more? Go for it. Uh, Me too. <laughs> oh, no. Do I think I, I think I know what yours is, Brian. Which one? You, you go ahead. You go first. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Uh, I was going to shout out one called Brigandine. Definitely not mine. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think so. This one's called Brigandine, The Legend of Runergia. Runergia? I don't know. It's uh, $50. It came out or coming out on the 25th. Uh, and it's actually, I think, like a Switch-exclusive tactics game, hex-graded tactics game, that anybody who's a Fire Emblem fan should look this one up because, like, it's really, really, really gone under the radar. Um, and it is... I haven't played it myself, but it, like, looks really cool and uh i think is worth checking out for any fire emblem fan so brigandine very cool i'm still behind on on some of the new games like i haven't seen what burnout looks like on the switch me neither star wars episode one racer all of that speaking of nostalgia yeah what was your game brian i bet i bet tom thinks it's star wars episode one racer it was what i thought it was. no 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 it's (laughs) it's it's a good guess i should grab that um it's actually runer Oh, Ruiner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which just came out recently uh, on Switch, um, and it's a game I, I enjoyed a lot on consoles and PC. Uh, it's a sort of top-down cyberpunk action game with um, bullet time and, like, a really cool dash mechanic, and it's, uh, like, a, a little bit Hotline Miami-ish, a little bit Robotron-ish, um, and I super dig it. The music is effing awesome, and uh, I'm really happy it's on Switch now. I think... We didn't give it the highest review. I think we gave it a six out of ten. Uh, Damon reviewed it. I don't. I don't think he liked it that much. Um, I, I think like a, a a big part of it is definitely it kicks your butt a lot. Uh, but there's some pretty smart difficulty settings that you can 
uh, apply if you if you really just want to like you know just kill people and just annihilate stuff to a, a really awesome soundtrack. But yeah, uh, in, in I general, it a bunch I, too. Yeah, I, I dig yeah. it. Yeah, I'm super early in it, but just the the, the look and the the style is really really cool. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah, give it a shot. It's called Runer, um, and it's a weird. Um, oh my god, my wife just made homemade cookies and brought me one. I got very distracted. I'm so sorry. I'm distracted too. Sorry. Yeah, it's called oh. Runer. Check it out. <laughs> so we just talked about um, games out this week: SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, Ninjala, Blair Witch, Runer, and Bring Brigandine. Yeah. Cool. Now those are games out this week. What are we actually playing this week? Uh, Pear, why don't we start with you? And keep in mind that we are running out of time. Okay, I'll go super fast. I, I'm, you know, apart from playing The Last of Us and trying to get to the end of that, um, it's awesome. Uh, I kind of fell off Animal Crossing and Xenoblade temporarily, but checked out um, two two new games. Uh, one is called Summer in Mara, and one is Story of Seasons: Friends of Mineral Town weirdly they're very very similar they're both kind of farming life sims summer and mara is kind of like this charming indie game it's very um it's very young focused like i would say it's kind of like a chore game for kids um kids who can read um where you're on this island and you have to complete tasks you have to make tools you have to cut down trees you have to plant new trees when you cut down a tree remember future um and uh it, it it's 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 well done i would i wouldn't recommend it to uh, over some of the other farming games i'd say although the kind of the style is a little bit more modern than a stardew valley or or a story of seasons but um it, it's a it's a cute little indie effort for kids and then story of seasons i saw um uh, Mr. Mark's nodding. Obviously, this is the remake of uh, uh, Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town, that debuted on the GBA. Um, and it's uh, it takes me back, man. It's like it's redone, but with all of the kind of, you know, there's some quality of life improvements, but all of the kind of like the top-down perspective and like chore approach of, you know, harvesting and exploring your, your building out your farm and exploring towns. It is the original farming RPG series before, you know, farming games got hijacked by social games um, or, you know, Stardew Valley did them best, I think. Um, but it's so charming and so simple. Um, what do you think, Tom? Did you play it? No, I haven't unfortunately played it quite yet because I've been not playing games with buttons yet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But, so oh, go ahead, Pear. I'm sorry. No, it's it's like if if you played if you played it on GBA in the past and you know what to expect, it is it is a well done, cute port. But it is if you're not someone who enjoys reading a lot of banter between characters in text format, very simple visuals, and you know planting turnips and harvesting them and putting them into boxes is not for you it is definitely one of those games for people who love collecting and you know kind of building something over a long time brian what games are you playing this week um this uh uh hardcore i would say one of the most hardcore games to ever launch a nintendo switch um is uh jump road challenge and i've been playing a little <laughs> bit of that every single day um <laughs> Definitely one of the most difficult games I've ever played. No, uh, you guys know, you probably covered this in the show. I haven't been on NBC in a minute. Um, but the, uh, like a small pocket of developers and Nintendo kind of quietly in, in the evenings. 
developed this uh, like very cute, adorable, free exercise game on Switch. I think probably is sort of a make good that no one could buy Ring Fit in stores, and everybody was stuck at home and just <laughs> I don't, getting getting yeah. cookies cookies delivered to their desks uh and so uh yeah this this has been a really this has been a really fun one that just like boot up in the morning it's one of the most simple video games i've ever played um it feels almost like some like a like a clicker game but you have to use your whole body to play it and yeah I, have you guys played this game i haven't played it really i haven't, I haven't, I haven't played it i downloaded it does that count it's a demonstrate yeah. force pair um downloading it is the version it's it's equivalent to signing up for the gym and never going (laughs) that's how i felt yeah and so uh yeah super like the even like literally the 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 icon for it looks like it's written in comic sans like it's just like a crude drawing of a bunny and you just grab your left and right joy con yeah there it is and you just you pretend like you're doing jumps in your apartment and it counts it and you can switch costumes while you're jumping if you want and it's just a rabbit wearing six different outfits and uh, it keeps score of how many jumps you do every single day. When you don't do jumps, it's like, why didn't you do the jumps? And the next day you do more jumps. And it's like, <laughs> great, you did the most jumps ever. And the next day you're like, I'll never do that many jumps again. And you don't. And it's been really fun. So I enjoy that. That's been a good time. Um, I'm also playing a game called Goblin Sword, which is just, I don't know. I have to look into this. There's this company that just straight up makes the most, like almost procedurally generated generic 2d action platforming side-scrolling games they're utterly hollow they they're they do not contain anything of worth in terms of like story or uh like uh, legacy they are just like really boilerplate uh pixel art action platforming games where you beat up bad guys beat up bosses and get better and better levels uh, and weapons and then they just kind of end and they're always like four or five bucks each i don't know what company this is i don't know if anyone even knows what i'm talking about i could just be making all of this up but uh yeah i i I keep buying this company's games and uh playing them for a long time and then forgetting them entirely so uh i that's after playing the last of us 2 um that's pretty much and this jump rope game that's pretty much all i had the mental capacity for is just kind of uh you know comfort food and so yeah man it's been a year <laughs> like peace <laughs> tom what are you playing uh i'm still working my way through persona 5 royal um kind of by proxy and then but for switch is uh i did spend some time with pokemon cafe mix and I, I like not to belabor it. My quick take on it is basically just, I love everything about it except for the actual puzzles. I think. <laughs> Whoa. Like, and, and really not to funny. say, I not to say I hate them, but like, I think the presentation and the visual style and like, is so great. Like it's one of the coolest, like most creative looking Pokemon games in a while. Like, I, I, I just love the way it looks. I love the idea that you're running a Pokemon cafe. Um, and then I just find the actual puzzle solving just sort of, like, a little too simple, I guess, is the way to put it. Like, it's not okay. bad. It's just, like, yeah. very, like, touch the touchscreen and just, like, waggle your finger around a bunch. And then, like, that seems, like, it's just not, there's not a lot of depth to it. I'm only about, yeah. like... 20 something puzzles in so like maybe they get harder and i know they are adding more like sort of gimmicks they literally call them gimmicks but like funny yeah right right now it's just sort of like it's it's fun and i'm enjoying it it's just sort of a little simple i guess 
Yeah, I would just do Puzzle League again. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should just do that. I mean, so I I had my fiance playlist so I could watch yesterday, and I love the presentation. It is yeah. beautiful. I love the concepts. It is very cute. The it is less simple than what I thought it would be based on the trailer, but it's still not as Tom said. It still doesn't have quite enough depth. The puzzles are kind of relegated to you have these things called gimmicks which might be like a sugar cube amongst all of your pokemon and then you have to clear your pokemon faces three times to make it disappear but you also <laughs> have and that sounds really weird but if you've played puzzle games you know what i mean and you connect the the pokemon faces by tapping one and then just if it touches it makes a connection and um it can get kind of tricky to finagle these pokemon these lines of pokemon into the areas that you need them to be but it's still really not that hard especially when you take into consideration all the special attacks that you get you can literally just be like this line delete it with a special attack yeah it's it's fun it's just like yeah yeah, i'm i'm just sort of like a little a little disappointed with only the gameplay element of it and like everything else i'm super into yeah it's cute it's still not enough depth yeah, well, but I'm going to keep playing more of it because it's one of the few games I can actually play because it's touchscreen yeah. and l- low impact on my arm. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did play like two or three levels, but I, then I was at an awkward position. So I was just like, I'm not going to try this anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah. are you playing anything else or? That kind of that's it. I'm trying to take it easy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Take I, care of yourselves. Um, I have to show you this after the show, but I got this like mechanism that is like a double foam roller that you put your arm in and then it squeezes your arm. <laughs> That's um, they have I've seen those. It's called. Yeah, a I saw that. Though. I saw that on Double Dare. That's you had to go through the <laughs> and go down the slide and grab the orange flag to like win a pair of kids kids shoes. Uh, you know what I will say actually is uh my my girlfriend has started back up has restarted breath of the wild for like the first time in two years and so i've been watching her play that and it's like i forgot how good that game is <laughs> like mm. i just i yeah. really forgot how good that game was um, and, been, and she she also said something that was funny at one point where she was like i totally forgot how to play this game like i forgot everything about it because it's been so long and i was like that's a treasure because I wish I could play that game for the very first time again, right? Like, that's Same. so cool to be able to go through it blind, or to to a certain extent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's been cool to, like, sort of re-experience. And I'm not... I, again, I'm also trying to take it easy, but... And I talked about this last week, but my... We figured out a way for me to play Dungeons & Dragons, but Pokemon. So Pokemon Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition on roll 20 and i just have to have my character sheet in front of me and then my our game master will do all the clicks for me so i've been playing that like one or twice a week it's very fun um but now those were all of the games that we we're playing uh, i know pair you talked about um summer and mara a story of seasons friends of Minora town brian you talked goblin sword mm-hmm. and jump rope challenge and jump rope challenge <laughs> and tom and i talked about pokemon cafe mix <laughs> But now let's move on to question block. I know we have just a couple of minutes to answer these. So let's pick a good one. Hmm. 
Uh, this one is from Alan Boone. What are some good games for listening to podcasts while playing Animal Crossing and grinding in Dragon Quest Eleven? but I'm not playing them as much lately? Oh, man, you're going to be so mad at me for answering this question, but slay the spire. Uh, <laughs> I mean, See, don't you mad. have to pay too much, too much attention, though, in that one? Sometimes, but like, I'll, I guess sometimes I'll get a little in the weeds with like a decision, but it's also really fun to just like mindlessly fling cards in that game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Dragon Quest is the best choice there. Mm. But any of the any of the RPGs where you just want to level, I mean, you could do Xenoblade, um, mm-hmm. obviously, or you can if you're playing any of the Final Fantasy uh, re-releases, th- those would work. Um, I yeah, I make the mistake sometimes playing a story game or watching something, and then I miss one of the two things, and right. you just got to play something with mechanisms you can repeat, you know? Yeah. Um, I always, if I want to watch TV or listen to a podcast while I play a game, I always default to breeding Pokemon because that just involves <laughs> like literally riding around in a bicycle, waiting for eggs to hatch and looking at their stats. So that's something super easy to do multitask with. What about Ring Fit? You can just do the offline mode where you just uh, I've, I've you never just play with it. a ring. I've huh? never done the, the offline mode. I don't know. Yeah, that's the, I mean, I, didn't either. I haven't either. That's the thing. It just yeah. counts your your ding 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 like, um, you know, you it's just disconnected it, it and it it stores the number of pumps you do on the controller and then next time you start the game it transfers those and then you can give them to your friend, Brian. I know you play this every day, so I want to give you. How do you know that? I actually my I workout points. I haven't played it in months. I know we're Switch friends. I I like. Yeah. I'm, Are you getting your ten thousand steps? Oh yeah, that no. I'm actually. I'm usually. I'm like fourteen, fifteen thousand steps a day. Oh my which goodness, is, Brian. Yeah, I like struggle to get eight thousand. But anyway, we can talk about steps another time. <laughs> but um, Fitbits. Next, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this last question is from Alan Boone, and they ask, "What are some good game?" Oh, I just read that one. Just kidding. The next one. This one is from Gary White. If Pokemon Snap can come back, what else would you like and think could be likely? I'd personally love a Kirby's Pinball Land sequel. And obviously, Concrete's bad for a day. Man, that's a tough one. I was going to say I want another Metroid Prime pinball, but I, <laughs> if if that came out before Metroid Prime Four, I think yeah. there would be like you know people would be street fighting. It'd be bad. I, I just want them to visually upgrade Advance Wars and put it out on Switch. And then I'll, you you guys know I'm a huge F Zero fan, so you know if GX or X or any of these games came back in some form, I would actually love to see the original Star Fox done at 60 frames per second, by the way. Like just do it with really simple shapes, but make it like buttery smooth and see what happens. No, honestly, look at look at uh like I was watching like a HD gameplay of uh episode one Pod Racer before on Switch. Like they you know, they gave that game a HD remaster, sort of, or whatever, whatever that means, whatever you can do with a game like that. Because they didn't overhaul it in any way. It's just all the same textures, but they're just like gorgeously bumped up. I'm totally with you. Taking taking a game like Star Fox 64 or Super Mario 64 and just letting it run mm-hmm. like at at max res on Switch would be, or max res that the Switch can possibly attain to would be really awesome. You know, hearing about Kirby makes me think about the the Kirby games I really liked on the DS and even the, the Game Boy. What's the Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance? But I, I played Kirby Tilt and Tumble. And I love that game. And I also really liked uh, Kirby's Rainbow Canvas. Canvas Curse. Canvas Curse. There we go. I was just thinking of the love actual like, 
rainbow line that you yeah. find through stylus. And I think the Switch would be able to play both of those games really well. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see those games come back in some capacity. All right, but, here's what I, here's going to be my real answer because my joke answer was Iggy's Wrecking Balls. But I think I actually weirdly, Pokemon Snap coming back gives me a little bit more faith and maybe one day we'll get a new F-Zero game. And you're ready for, for the wild speculation part of this. For the Smash Bros. Min Min reveal trailer, they brought back the original voice actor of Captain Falcon to record dialogue for that trailer, which because he hadn't recorded dialogue since Sakurai said he hadn't recorded dialogue for the game since literally like the N64. They were using the same voice lines. Um, And so that means that Nintendo's in contact with him and therefore we could get an <laughs> F-Zero game. Let the rumor mill begin. Um, this is this is exactly what happened to us last week when we speculated about Pokemon Let's Go Johto. But it's fine. <laughs> I like speculating. speculating. Hopefully oh. it means something. Usually all it takes to make a new video game is to have a voice actor. It's true. That and yeah. that in a tremendously popular platform to, to put it on. Like, that's the other thing. Like, <laughs> People be- people asked for F Zero games all through the Wii U era, and it's like, well, that's not happening, man. <laughs> but, but like, here we are now. Them. There's a chance. Who buys them? Like I do, but you know, like that's such it, that's such a that's a that's a sort of chicken and egg thing, though. That that's like I, I think because 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 we haven't had one in a long time, and because the ones we did have for a little while weren't spectacular outside of f-zero uh, gx and gamecube um like the gba ones were pretty forgettable and then they that were, kind of yeah. just like made that that franchise kind of drift good. away no pun intended and i don't know it just feels like it just feels like for racing it's like it's horizon it's grand Turismo, it's forza forza horizon grand turismo need for speed you know we'll see how burnout does in the uh, in the reboot but then you know there's sims that appeal to certain audiences it feels like the the cyber racing genre just kind of Managed. Well, I, I think it, it needs a shot in the arm. And I think the, you mm-hmm. would have an entire generation of people tremendously excited on social media in the same way they were for Pokemon Snap. If Nintendo were to announce like a brand new F-Zero game that uh, had some sort of retro aesthetic and had some sort of interesting hook or gimmick that differentiated mm. it from all those other games that you mentioned. Also, all those games you mentioned aren't really, you know, you can't play any of them on Switch. And so there have been, you know, you know this, you're a racing fan. There's several attempts to make uh, arcade-style racers on Switch and several attempts to make realistic racers on Switch. Um, and none of them are really done by Nintendo outside of Mario Kart, which is, you know, kind of more of a party game. So that's, but maybe that's the approach, right? Like Nintendo always stayed away from making a zero attack ha- heavy. It was always very technical, super fast, unforgiving, but you had that spin attack to attack people. But if they did take the Mario Kart approach where they do basically F zero becomes the futuristic Mario Kart, more battle mm-hmm. focused, that might find mainstream success, especially if you, if they put all these crazy characters to the forefront. I don't know. That's I, a big I, thing too. I've, I see, I see your point. I think there there is life for a franchise like that, but they really need to think about it. And just re-releasing F0GX will just create 100,000 mad people because it's so yeah. hard. It will tick you off so badly. Yeah, I, I was like super into uh, GameCube and uh, yeah, always have been, always been into Nintendo. That And I, I love hard games. Like I platinum Bloodborne. Uh, F0GX kicked my butt. Like I there's... I, I don't think I got past, and I'm going to get so judged for this. I don't think I got past the level where Samurai Goro is racing you and there's all those boulders falling down the mountain. And that's like the fourth or fifth race in the game. Like I had to go on old, old IGN and old weird YouTube 
to look at videos of what that game looked like past that level because I was so bad at it. I wrote the guide for it for IGN oh and I did finish the story mode and it was it was really hard. I was very, very mad very frequently. I don't think it's a very good guide because I'm just like, ah. like <laughs> just, I don't know how I did it, but I did. Like, exactly. That's how what it felt like. Step and, one. And I, re- I recently I recently booted it up. It's very, very pretty looking still to this date, but it is like going back in now. I feel like maybe I've aged 30 years and maybe that's actually what happened. So in summary, people want, well, at least we want an F-Zero game. Does everyone else want an F-Zero game? Who's to tell? But hey, guess what? F-Zero is coming based on that Smash uh, reveal trailer for Min Min, according to Tom Marks. You heard it here first. (laughs) That is about all the time we have for NBC this week. Unfortunately, you can catch us every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time on your favorite podcasting platform or IGN.com or YouTube.com if you're watching. And thank you so much for listening or watching. And remember, NBC is the only place you can. Get the thing. Get the thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.